Hello and welcome to Alone Together, a coronavirus podcast with me, Matt Millard. And me, Morvin McIntyre. This is the podcast that sheds a light on the positive community stories coming out of the pandemic. We also offer you practical advice on how to cope with the lockdown, whether that's homeschooling your kids, looking after your physical and mental health, or simply staying connected in isolation. On today's episode, we focus on the amazing work done by our National Health Service. Coming up, children's doctor and campaigner Dr. Kate Rogerson discusses NHS Million, a campaign that aims to create a super team of a million people who will love and cherish the NHS. She hopes it will raise awareness about our health workers and hopefully raise morale among them. We try and say, well, look, look at this person and look at their experience and look how incredible they are and and, and let's all be reassured by that. We also speak to Olivia Strong, who is raising money for those health workers. It's simple. Walk, run or cycle 5k. Donate a fiver and nominate five others to do the same. Well, it's a simple idea that has caught on with donations now in the millions. Yeah, I mean, it's been absolutely incredible to see the success. Um, we've had runners from all across the globe from, you know, Toronto to Tokyo to Sydney, Dubai. Uh, and collectively, I think there's been about 800,000 runners, which is, I mean, it just shows the power of a community coming together, I think, and that everybody is in the same, in the same situation right now um, and all want to run for one cause. But first, on Alone Together, we like to get the full picture of how the lockdown has been affecting all areas of the UK. We've given you updates on the situation in England, Scotland and Northern Ireland. And now it's time to have a look at Wales. I spoke to Will Hayward, political editor for Wales Online, about the stories of community spirit coming out of Cymru. Um, so hi, Will, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah. So how is the current situation regarding the coronavirus in Wales? Um, in many ways, it's quite similar to, as you've seen in the other devolved nations. And But the thing you've got to remember about Wales is we are a really big geographical area um, and actually a really small population. So we're, we're quite big in terms of the area, but we actually haven't got many more people than Greater Manchester. I think Greater Manchester has like 2.8 million and Wales has got like 3.2. So it's, it's quite... Um, it, it, it's quite a it's hard to describe i suppose um it's a bit like herding cats <laughs> for um the people trying to make it work in wales because you've got such a spread out um area for people to um try and you know facilitate all these things that need to happen but um i think uh people are doing it as well as they can especially the people on the ground they've done absolutely amazing it uh, i'm uh, i've I moved to Wales, um, what would it be, like 12 years ago, and it never ceases to amaze me, the kind of community spirit and stuff that people have here. And um, are the public in Wales respecting the lockdown? Uh, yeah, I think they are. I mean, there's there's certain <laughs> there's certain things to see. I mean, it, in the main, I think the overwhelming majority of people uh, have respected the lockdown. Um, and you, you see people gathering in parks, but... To be honest, if somebody lives in a block of flats and they are able to exercise, the only place they can really go is park. And I can only speak for what I've seen, but uh, where I live in Cardiff. But I think people have been um, pretty, um, pretty restrained, well, much more restrained than I, I thought they would be, uh, to be honest. And um, with regards to the health service in Wales, how are they coping? Because it is, a, you know, it's a relatively small workforce. I mean, obviously, the population of Wales isn't as big as a country like England, for example. 
Um, so there's, you know, 89,000 staff um, working for the NHS in Wales. So how are they coping with it? Well, one thing that has been quite interesting about the figures in Wales, which we haven't necessarily <clears throat> seen in England, um, I, I don't know, I haven't looked at the English data as much, but uh, Wales, is, the women in Wales, especially women of working age, have been uh, by far the most hit group for um, contracting the disease, which is actually not what was seen in China and a lot of um, Far Eastern countries. Um, one hypothesis for this is actually that um, working age Welsh women are in the frontline roles. Um, for instance, um, care work, nursing, um, supermarket workers are predominantly female professions. So, I mean, it, it really is the, um, the women of Wales seem to be uh, really stepping up and um, keeping us all fed, looked after and able to move around. They're uh, doing a, an amazing job by all accounts. And um, what does the NHS in Wales need to cope during this pandemic, do you think? Um, it, I mean, it, it's we've got a really good infrastructure in Wales in lots of ways. For um, We've got a lot of very good academics, universities and some very intelligent people. I think the, the tricky thing comes is we don't necessarily always have the economies of scale that you'd have if you were, you know, um, in England, for instance. So um, there's been... We've gone into an agreement with Scotland, Northern Ireland and, and England to buy PPE, for instance, together. Um, but Wales does need to uh, ensure that it's not kind of overlooked in that and it does get its fair share, especially because um, especially southeast Wales around Gwent and Newport area have um, been some of the hardest hit in the UK outside London. And um, although we've got a small population, we have got more than our fair share of um, cases. So um, I think uh, it needs to be um, taken into account. Uh, when the resources were allocated out, uh, need, not just population. And this episode is all about giving thanks to to our NHS. So what support have NHS workers been receiving? Has there been any public uh, displays of appreciation, for example? Yeah, there's been a few, actually. Um, one um, one that really uh, stood out for me was, um, so Wales has actually got some um, pretty epic cyclists. Um, obviously, everyone knows Gerard Thomas, but we've got uh, a, a really, really good um cycling uh uh kind of community in wales and um, one of them is luke Rowe, um who's uh cycled in the tour de france um and uh, there was a guy who worked at university hospital of wales in cardiff and he's a research fellow and his bike was nicked um from outside the university and he, he put on twitter saying uh to the person who stole my bike while i was working in t- intensive care i hope you enjoy it and Luke Rowe, who's this like professional cyclist, I mean, elite level athlete, just sent him a tweet saying, DM me, buddy. And um, he's gifted him a brand new bike. He's oh, wow. It's really cool. And other stuff like, um, you know, um, um, Alfie, who, uh, rugby star Gareth Thomas. Um, uh, you might have seen him in the news recently because he just came out as having HIV. Um, he um, and his husband have actually been... Um, driving around their area of um, South Wales and just delivering food to people who can't leave. Um, there's, um, there's, there's, there's so many things. I mean, the um, amount of um, people who are cooking meals for NHS staff that you've seen as a woman named Kelly Jones in Carmarthen, who uh, was doing that. It's been, I, I mean, Wales has just been, you've got to remember, Wales has just been hit, um, especially the South Wales Valleys, by some of the worst flooding we've ever seen. And these are some of the poorest communities, not just in Wales, but in the UK. And they have gone, I mean, they've had completely town centres just ruined. Like people have been taken out of their houses, many of which don't have home insurance. They're that close to the breadline. And they've still, 
gone that extra mile to, you know, they clap for their NHS and they um, provide meals where they can for people who need it and they support um, people who are vulnerable. I mean, I, I sound like a broken record, but it does never cease to amaze me how kind and compassionate people in Wales can be. Yeah, it sounds like people are definitely pulling together. And what sort of stories have you been covering then um, whilst this is all going on? Well, for me, because uh, my role is uh, as political editor um, is I have to look at kind of what the government are doing and um, both UK and Welsh government and kind of hold them to account to make sure that they are doing what they should be doing and what they've said they're doing. Um, but what we've done as a news organisation, so um, so my job can actually be quite miserable, but uh, what we've tried to do as a news organisation news organization is to make it uh, a bit less miserable, frankly. And we've started a thing called the Good News Live blog. So we have a rolling live blog on our site, which is exclusively for good news about coronavirus. So, I mean, you can go on that any day for the last, I think it's two weeks it's been going. And there's hundreds of entries of people who are, some of just doing like a sponsored walk for charity. Some people um, uh, like Garrett Thomas, again, going back to cycling, is doing like, I think it's like five 12 hour stints in his garage on a bike to raise money. Um, so um, we, we've tried to, as a news organization, we tried to cover these and just give people a bit of relief to show that actually it's, it's not all doom and gloom out there. Yeah. Give something, you know, also highlight those positive stories too and show sense of community to break up um, some of those stories that might not be as positive um, in a troubling time. And you've touched on this already, but are there any other, you know, uh, community stories that you've seen? Are there any messages of hope? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's 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 so many. I mean, um, there's a Port Talbot community group who are creating drawstring drawstring bags for staff to store their uniforms in in um, hospitals. Um, there's a school um, in Cardiff, the Cardiff High, um, there's a, um, sorry, Cardiff High School. They've been producing um, PPE. Um, they've made more than 400 visors a day. Um, you know, it's it. There's cafes. Um, there's one cafe in Penefly, Avo Cafe Bar, which is preparing food and delivering hot food to people who are struggling with lockdown. I mean, it's it is relentless. <laughs> I mean, um, the amount of uh, stuff we've seen. For instance, um, I probably don't know, but we have a really massive Elvis festival in South Wales. I don't know why you would know that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know why we do it. <laughs> But there's a massive Elvis festival and there's an Elvis impersonator in Michigan uh, who's raised like £3,000 for charities by doing a virtual concert in his living room. Um, wow. It's just, there's so much cool stuff going on. And um, I mean, Wales doesn't need much of an excuse to sing. So, uh, there's um, uh, a lot of that sort of stuff going on. Wow. Well, thank you very much for your time today, uh, Will. And thanks for sharing some of those, um, you know, community antidotes there. Um, that's really interesting. So thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Take care. Thank you. That was my chat with Will Hayward, political editor for Wales Online. Some lovely stories coming out of Wales there. And we've got more positive community stories on the way too. A bit like this one. Olivia Strong had a target. She wanted to raise £5,000 for NHS charities together. All you had to do was run, walk or cycle 5k, donate £5 and nominate five people to do the same. It didn't take long for Olivia to surpass that goal. The Run for Heroes campaign has now moved its target from five grand to five million pounds. I spoke to Olivia earlier about the amazing response to Run for Heroes. So I'm joined today by Olivia Strong. So welcome to the Alone Together podcast. Thank you for having me. 
So I wonder if you could start by telling us a little bit about the Run for Heroes fundraising campaign. Yeah, so I started a fundraising campaign a few weeks ago. Um, it's called Run for Heroes. And the idea is you walk, run or cycle five kilometres, donate five pounds and then nominate five other people in your social channel to do the same. Um, all the money goes to NHS Charities Together, which is a national COVID-19 appeal put out to um, help the welfare of the NHS workers um, who need it the most right now. Amazing. What a great choice of charities. And what, what was it that inspired you to start this campaign in the first place? Um, yeah, are you a runner yourself or is this, uh, was this a completely fresh and new idea? Yeah, well, I've, I've run all my life um, and it's kind of my way to de-stress and switch off and, and also think of ideas um, or plan the day ahead. But my, my job had been put down to a two-day week. So I came back to Edinburgh. Um, I had some extra time on my hands and I wanted to help in some way. Uh, I, I signed up to volunteer firstly with the NHS, but they weren't looking at applications for another week or so. So a few days after that, I went a, on a run around Arthur's seat um, and noticed how many people were out doing the same. So I thought if we're all out running anyway um, and using our one form of exercise a day, why don't we put it toward the NHS staff working around the clock right now? Um, kind of similar, the idea was similar to raising money for, for a marriage. For a marathon, people can all donate a small sum of money themselves while keeping fit and healthy at the same time. And um, I kind of stopped mid-run and I was like, well, 5K is a good distance um, <laughs> and you feel a really good sense of achievement after it if you walk, cycle or run it. Um, and £5 isn't hopefully a huge ask um, and it means that people can, um, you know, help and, uh, and feel like they're helping. Um, and if you then nominate five other people in your social channels to do the same, hopefully the word will spread and five pounds will turn into, at the time, my initial target, five thousand pounds. <laughs> well, yes. So, you know, this this initial target of five thousand pounds and to say the least, you've somewhat surpassed that. I mean, I think we the last check this morning, I had you were you were over four million um, so far. So kind of. What what are your thoughts on this this original you know ambition to to achieve five thousand? All these five pounds have added up um, quite quite drastically uh, to where we are now. Yeah, I mean it's been absolutely incredible to see the success. Um, we've had runners from all across the globe, from you know Toronto to Tokyo to Sydney, Dubai, uh, and collectively, I think there's been about eight hundred thousand runners which is, I mean, it just shows the power of a community coming together, I think, and that everybody is in the same, in the same situation right now um, and all want to run for one cause. Yeah, I mean, on, on this podcast, we kind of cover, you know, local communities uh, within towns and cities across the UK. But this is, this, you know, we've been brought together through, through this um, COVID-19 outbreak as a, you know, a worldwide community and it's great to see what you've achieved so far with this fundraising campaign where the whole the whole planet almost has been you know brought together in a sense and you've achieved this incredible sum of, of four million pounds so far yeah it's been it's been incredible and I think it's thanks to all you know not only initial the initial runners who really kick-started it because you know after I started it, when I got home from my run that day I opened up the Instagram page Saturday morning, you know, we kicked it off by my brother, sister and I and then my friends and family kind of all went out on a run and nominated five people to do the same. And if it wasn't for those initial runners who really backed it at the beginning, you know, it wouldn't have continued to spread. But on, not only that, the people that are continuing to run 
um, and continuing to spread the word or running two or three times um, supporting different charities. And that's so lovely to see. And, you know, if not only if we create, you know, the community, the Run for Heroes community has raised, you know, almost, four, I think it's 4.2 million, but that it's encouraged other people to go and, and use their daily form of exercise to a good cause. And I think as long as we're social distancing and we're only going by ourselves or with a member of our household um, and we're taking into consideration all the NHS and the government guidelines, then we can try and stay fit and healthy during this lockdown. Because, you know, I'm a big, big advocate that running can, um, is, is good for your mental health, it's good for your immune system. Um, so, so whilst we're in this lockdown period, you know, it's so important to continue to do those things. That's it. And that's a really important thing to cover, actually. You know, running is, is, is often spoke about as, as a great, you know, head clearer. We're, we're confined to these small spaces, aren't we? You know, often stuck within homes and apartments. Um, so, you know, getting out into the outdoors and doing so safely, you know, it's great to not only exercise physically, but also mentally as well. And, you know, get a bit of a bit of space and a bit of time to yourself. Um, it's been great to see. I mean, yeah, exactly. all sorts of people have been involved so far. Even people like Mo Farah, Ellie Golding, John Terry, to name a few. So it's great to see all walks of life getting involved. Um, have you had any reaction from the NHS themselves? Yeah, we've had some really lovely stories actually come in um, to our social media channels from NHS workers who have kind of thanked um, the community for, you know, putting their daily form of exercise towards, you know, towards their their well-being. Because it's providing things like um, small things like tea and coffee, but then to wobble rooms, uh, sleep pods for them so they can go and have time out during their long shifts. Um, one paramedic wrote in and said, you know, I've just had the longest shift of my life and I've come back to to see how much money's been raised and it's put the biggest smile on my face because it's just incredible. Um, and, you know, moments like that, it really makes it all, all worth it. Yeah. So from a, you know, from a personal perspective, I imagine this is quite an incredible thing to witness, something that started off with such small ambition has has just grown to this this huge thing. I bet you I bet you feel amazing now seeing all this uh, money that's been raised so far. Well, I don't know. I I think it's amazing that that we've given it a platform. Um, we everybody was doing it anyway, and it's thanks to all the people that have got involved, really. Um, and also, you know, there's been I've had an amazing team behind. I mean, it's definitely not a one man band. Um, you know, my friend's been. India has been churning out graphics and artwork and logos and websites. Um, And my friend Alice, who was furloughed, has been helping with all the press related stuff. So, you know, we have been working around the clock, but if it wasn't for all the runners continuing to run, donate and nominate, um, you know, we really wouldn't have been able to get to where we are today. Amazing. Have have you got any favourite moments from the fundraiser so far? You know, are there any stories that stand out? Oh, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think reaching a million was an amazing moment because I really didn't think, you know, it was really started between friends and family. Um, and I think when it got to a million, it was like, wow, this is really spread. And then the second bit was, <laughs> second one was when it was an Ellie Golding tagged us because I just thought, you know what, how is, you know, we've really not been doing celebrity endorsements. It, this whole campaign, which is the most amazing and magical thing from it, is that it's grown totally organically. And it's been so lovely to see people like not only Ellie Golding, but Jessica Ennis and like these amazing 
world champions that we see in Mufara um, on the TV and somehow it's got passed to them and then they've got behind it. And I just think moments like that where you're like, wow, you know, we're really, we're really all the same and we're all in the same situation here and we all want to do more and we all want to um, show that we're doing more and, you know, showing our appreciation towards the NHS workers who ultimately, you know, this is all for. That's it. Great. Well, congratulations, Olivia, so far to you and your team on such an incredible achievement so far. Are there any, you know, what's next for the campaign? Have you got any future plans or are you just seeing where things go and trying to reach that five million? Uh, Well, the immediate future for Run for Heroes is just to raise the most amount of money for the NHS. Um, But saying that, we we have created a side fundraising page, um, which is for the Care Workers Charity. And this page was set up because... Um, you know, the care workers have been overlooked in some of the fundraising. And I think that it gives people either a choice to do the run again um, and, and, and give five pounds to, to a different cause or choose to donate to that instead of the NHS charities together. Because ultimately, you know, they're all everybody's doing the most amazing job right now. Um, NHS workers, carers, you know, p- people have volunteered, um, you know, to work in the ambulance service. So. We've opened up that. And then secondly, we, we've started to do home workout videos such as yoga and HIIT classes um, for people who would either like to participate in the safety of their own home or um, you know, don't like running. <laughs> Lots of people are not into it. Um, or um, would like to participate again. And I think that giving people different avenues to keep fit and healthy whilst also putting it towards a cause, um, you know, it, it, it hopefully will expand um, our fundraising platform. Amazing. Well, it sounds really great. And I look forward to um, seeing how these other platforms grow. So for the few out there that maybe haven't heard of the Run for Heroes campaign, you know, how can they get involved? Where, where can they find you? How can they donate? Yes, yeah, so they can head. If, if somebody hasn't, um, hasn't seen it before, they can go to firstly our Instagram account, which is at run.for.heroes. Um, or we also have Twitter and Facebook um if social media is not their thing that's absolutely fine we've got a website um which is runforheroes.uk and also just our giving page um they can find all the information out there and they don't have to the most important thing i think about this is you don't need to be nominated to participate you can start your own thread of people um so you know just head on go for your 5k walk run cycle i've seen people swim in the sea for five minutes um and then nominate your friends however you want to do that it's by email or by you know text um, and encourage other people to do the same so for anybody who has not done it i'm i nominate them <laughs> including you <laughs> to do it yeah well i have to say my brother nominated me last week and i'm yet to do it yet just as i'm quite scared of running this 5k although it is on my to-do list for this week so um yeah, <laughs> well, you wa- don't need watch to this run. space <laughs> I look forward to seeing your picture. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Olivia. I really appreciate you coming on oh, to the no, podcast. Thank you for having, having us. And good luck it's with lovely. everything in the future. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much. Great work and a lovely chat with fundraiser Olivia Strong there. You can check out the Run for Heroes fundraising page on Virgin Money Giving. It is uk.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash run for heroes. Morvin, have you been nominated for the challenge yet? I have been nominated actually for the challenge. Um, I've done it two weeks ago now, uh, which I ran 5K 
but since Olivia just mentioned that there's also a donation page for those care workers I think I'll potentially do it again and raise money for that charity what about yourself Matt have you managed to do the challenge yeah well as, as I mentioned in the interview it's uh I have been nominated, but I'm yet to do it yet. So it's on my to-do list for this week. So yeah, watch this space. At any time of the year, in normal circumstances, it can be extremely stressful for health workers. And the coronavirus pandemic has certainly piled on the stress. A campaign, NHS Million, aims to raise awareness about the incredible work and dedication coming from our NHS, whilst raising morale for the overstretched healthcare workers. Alone Together's Dan McLaughlin spoke to Dr. Katie Rogerson, a children's doctor based in London, about NHS Million. She explains to Dan that the NHS is not just for COVID-19, it's for life. It's a stressful time, any time for people, for health workers especially. Um, and you're, you're exceedingly busy, but that's not stopped you from doing additional things from, from your usual, I would say nine to five, but it's probably not nine to five, is it? It's, um... <laughs> It'd be great if it was nine to five. Yeah. <laughs> having an evening holiday every day <laughs> yeah so you spent extra time you, you're um co-directing the campaign which is the nhs million campaign could you sort of just describe what exactly that is so the nhs has been under the cosh as we all know for a while now and so actually nhs million started long before covid and it started for the for some similar reasons though we started it because we could see that morale was very low among staff and that people were really, really struggling. I have some very clear memories going back, you know, 2015 when staff were kind of seeing patients and getting very tearful or very distressed in between because there was a lot of um, unsettled feeling and a lot of discussion with the government then about junior doctors' contracts and nurses' bursaries and all that kind of stuff. And if you have staff who don't feel supported, who don't feel respected or cared for actually this impacts on the patient as well so we could see a real problem um all this time time ago and then we could see that the nhs was chronically underfunded and we were very much seeing the impact of that on the shop floor so there was one day where joe who i run the campaign with um he googled nhs and we had something like four thousand. it was a crazy number of just negative press stories one after the other after the after the other um and we just thought uh, all about the NHS. There was nothing good. No, it was like no one had anything good to say. And obviously amazing things happen in the NHS every day, like real miracles, real, really incredible stuff. But for some reason, that wasn't coming down to to the media. Or the media weren't putting it out. And that, what that means is it wasn't getting back to staff, anything good that they were doing. So it's like they were being constantly punished by the government, by the job. And it's like they were doing nothing good. So we we wanted to produce a good a good news platform. Um, we wanted to raise awareness of key issues in the NHS. And the biggest thing is we wanted to boost morale and cheer people up and give like really good news stories, but also real stories. So you could see what it's like a little bit. I say on the front line now, talking about COVID and things, but actually what it what it's like to walking walk in the shoes of someone who is caring for a patient and and we think all of these things have a better result for the for the patient as well as for the staff. So your aim is to get a million, um, a super team of a million people. Uh, yeah. What, what what does that entail? We're constantly really touched and heartened by the stuff that happen on our platform, the messages that we get sent. But and we've got, I mean, we reach a hundred 
million people a month through our platform, which is obviously incredible for two NHS staff. But at the same time, if you think about it, we actually, we see something like one, in fact, we see one million patients every 17 hours in the NHS. So there's the other side of it where you think, well, this should be easier. Like people should be jumping on this and really trying to get involved because it's such a, a key issue for this country and it's such a precious commodity for this country. So in some ways, you could argue that we've been quite slow to get that reach. But we are absolutely determined that we really, as NHS staff, we see the great things that the NHS does and we see what our colleagues are doing and we just want to support it and we will just keep on pushing. And actually, we are getting there. What, what are some of the positive stories that you've been pu- pulling out there as part of the campaign? Oh my gosh, so many. Um, so today I put out um, the story about the um, army veteran from World War II who's been trying to raise money and he's raised five million pounds walking up and down his garden. He's turning 100 years old at the end of the month. Um, a bit later today I'll be putting um a story out about someone who's got through COVID. They've been very, very sick and the NHS staff have cared for them and they've got through it and they've got better. Um, Sometimes it's just little amusing stories or things, you know, that happen day to day to NHS staff, the good and the bad and the ugly. But what we're trying to do really is put a bit of a spotlight on on the person on the street who's your nurse, who's your porter, who's your cleaner, who's your radiographer who's your guy in the lab who's interpreting all the virology and the covid tests and we're trying to say well look look at this person and look at their experience and look how incredible they are and 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 let's all be reassured by that and embrace them but also be proud of them and know that we need to protect them and nurture them going forwards as well because you know the nhs isn't just for covid it's for life during during this um, pandemic, there've been certain um, efforts from the public, for instance, to try and show their appreciation to to the NHS. I wonder what your reaction has been to things like clap for NHS. On NHS Million, I started get getting sent hundreds of requests to put out um, spread the awareness of this clap clap for the NHS, and I shared a couple of them, but I ignored a lot of them as well because I felt like it was really. I kind of felt like I'd done my bit sharing it, but actually I felt like it was a, a quite a frustrating accumulation of uh, of what had happened and and kind of an, a bit of an odd way to show appreciation because I felt that, you know, what we really needed was protective um, equipment and to really feel that people had our backs by staying inside of their houses and understanding that, that the death rates in NHS staff were likely to be higher because of the risks that they were exposed to and that I wanted them I felt very strongly as a lot of my colleagues feel I think that I wanted them to show appreciation by staying safe reducing the spread and you know rallying for things like protective equipment and put all those energies into kind of contacting the government saying you need to sort this out or whatever um because I run a morale account um with with Joe who I run it with um, I went out on the Thursday evening. I thought, well, you know, I was a bit reluctant, really. And then everyone started clapping. Even now, <laughs> even now, I'm slightly welling up thinking about it because, um, and my hands and my toes have we've gone all sort of tingly remembering it because I was so reluctant to accept anything 
and it's accepting thing on behalf of my colleagues as well really because I felt like it was slightly misguided but it was really touching and it it you know it did feel like a real community thing and also I realized how many people were trying to show us that they they do they really do care and they really do want to try and help and actually lots of people don't really know how to help so I've I've gone full circle with it so I'm I'm I would say now I'm happy for the claps but what I want want everyone to remember and I'm grateful for them as well actually I'm happy and I'm grateful for those claps but I want people to do the other things and I also want them to remember the NHS when we're outside of a pandemic and to try and show their support at those times as well because we really need you know we've been struggling for a long long time um we've gone under more now because we just didn't have the resources or the backup in place when all this started so my real wish for the future is that you remember us going forwards not just now what what's next for the NHS Million campaign? What current campaigns have you got going on and what are the future campaigns? So we've got some really lovely campaigns at the moment. One my favourite one currently is um we had a an individual approach us to run a poster campaign. Um her name is Beth and she's incredible and she put a lot of work into reaching out to different artists and designers and getting them to produce NHS posters of support. Um now, the reason for these posters is to kind of uh, create a place where you can have a bit of mindfulness for adults and for kids, give you something to do in lockdown um, by colouring in these posters and then by displaying them on your windows or sharing them through social media. And it's just a way to kind of create that community spirit, also give you something to do, a good way to introduce kids into, because a lot of kids are struggling because, you know, they're seeing news stories that are terrifying them and they're not always sure how to ask questions about what's going on and we just also think they're a really fantastic way to introduce all of these topics and to speak to your child in a sort of more relaxed way about coronavirus um we want to we, we feel that at, at nhs million we feel that we do we do a lot of important work and lots of people have contacted us to say that we do make a difference with their mood, with their morale, with how they feel about the NHS or how they feel as an NHS worker. So we want to take it to the next level. We've got we've gained an awful lot of experience running these platforms. So um, with Joe and I going backwards, you know, back to sort of 2015, we ran a campaign to get Christmas number one, which we managed to beat Justin Bieber and and achieve that um as i said to you already we reach around 100 million people a month across facebook twitter and instagram we've raised well over 350 for you know 400,000 for healthcare charities we support really important um issues and petitions and we support important things that are relevant to the nhs such as petitions um and we help get the word out and demonstrations of support for the NHS so we 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 played a role in getting a million people to march by spreading awareness so we feel we've got a lot of work to do and a long way to go we want to grow bigger so that we can communicate with more and more people um we're probably we're looking at formalizing NHS million so that we can dedicate a little bit more time or get more people in to help us do it because there's only you know as I say there's only two, two of us and it gets 
difficult <laughs> alongside our full-time jobs to keep up with everything. Um, yeah, we want it to do a lot of good and we believe that it can do. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Best of luck with the campaign and just best of luck generally with your work. Thank you so thank much you. For, the, for the work you give to this, to this country. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. And you're very welcome. That was Dr. Katie Rogerson speaking to Alone Together's Dan McLaughlin about her campaign, NHS Million. You can like and follow the campaign on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, all under the username NHS Million. That's one word. That's all for today's Alone Together. Don't forget to listen to our previous episodes where we shed light on the positive community stories coming out of the pandemic and answering your FAQs about the lockdown. Thanks for listening to our podcast. So stay safe, stay positive, stay informed and stay tuned. This has been a laudable production from the newsrooms of Birmingham Live, the Edinburgh Evening News and the Manchester Evening News. You can download Alone Together wherever you listen to your podcasts. But for exclusive, interactive, immersive content, download the NTL app for iOS and Android. You can keep in touch with me, Dan and Morvin by following Laudable on Twitter, where we are at Laudable Pods, or by searching for Laudable underscore podcasts on Instagram. See you next time. <laughs>